This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. God is so good. Amen. And the, uh, the title of this, uh, well, that we're, I'm going to start a new series, Gifts and Callings. Uh, and the title of it is Called by God. And... Um, Amen. How many people believe that, that, that you have a calling of God on your life? Amen. I'm telling you, God is so awesome. If you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to uh, Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to look at verse 1. And, uh, you know, I really believe that, you know, that God has placed purpose on every one of us. Amen. Do you believe that God has placed purpose in you today? Amen. Do you believe that you have a purpose in God? And I believe that God has, has purpose for everybody. In other words, God has a calling. God has a plan for your life. And I, I think sometimes when we're walking with God, we kind of question, God, what do you want me to do? Have you ever asked God that question? God, what do you want me to do with my life? Amen. What do you want me to do? And, 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 and God is, uh, I, I believe he's, he's calling each of us for a special purpose and a plan that he has for our lives. And look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. And uh, we're going to look at this. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called. Amen. And so with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in a bond of peace. So we see here, he says here uh, that uh, that he has called us. Amen. And he has placed a calling on our lives. And and so you got to get a revelation of that. And and I, I think a lot of times we're. A lot of Christians are trying to even they, they might be in in the walk with Christ for many years. They're still trying to figure out what God wants them to do. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to say this. It's more than just doing uh, something for God. It's it's becoming what God wants you to be. In, in other words, it's more of becoming than doing are you hearing what I'm saying today? You've got to get a revelation of that because I believe first and foremost, God is calling us to have a relationship with him. Sometimes we get into the walk with Christ and, you know, I, um, I got into the walk with the Lord. I got saved um, many years back and, you know, I became a, an altar worker uh, at the church and I started working. But one of the things that I was missing, I was doing, but I wasn't developing my relationship with God. And so and so I was doing something, but but because I wasn't developed my relationship with God, um, you know, uh, I ended up falling out of church. I ended up backsliding out of church. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I ended up, you know, in a place where I just stopped going to church why? Because, you know, it, it, the work did not sustain me. So it's just doing something for God won't sustain you. It's a relationship with God that we need to 
focus on it. And I, I think sometimes we get into uh, the church and then we get involved in doing things for God, but we neglect our relationship with God. And you cannot separate the two. You cannot separate worship from work. And to tell you the truth, worship comes before work. <laughs> Amen. In other words, your relationship with God comes first. So, so, so we have to get a revelation that, that God is calling us into a relationship with him. And, and so uh, let's look at this. Uh, God, I'm going to say this. I'm going to make a bold statement here that God is calling every person on this planet to have a relationship with him. I would say again, God is calling everybody on this planet to have a relationship with him. But you know what? He is knocking on the doors of people's hearts all over this world. And the Bible says that Jesus is knocking on people's hearts and he's waiting for them to open the door. Amen. And allow him to come in and to allow him to be the Lord of their lives. And even as Christians, we can make God our Savior. Amen. We can receive Christ as our Savior. But is Christ our Lord? Is Christ directing our lives every day? Is Christ in the middle of our, of our lives? Or, or is our lives revolving around Christ? Or is Christ revolving around what we want? Amen. And I'm telling you, a lot of times, you know, the church, you know, they we we as the church, we we look at, you know, the superstars in in, in the fivefold ministry. We look at the prophets and the teachers and the, and the pastors, the TV evangelists and ministers. And we put, tend to put them on a pedestal and we say that they're the superstars in the body of Christ. The, the pastors, the super. No, 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 no. God's calling each one of us. To be superstars in his kingdom. He's not just calling a five-fold ministry gift. He's not just calling me to be a superstar. He's calling you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's calling you. Amen. What? He's calling you. Listen, I, I, I like movies. How many people like movies out here? And I love movies. And, and what I like about the movies is that I see there's always seems to be a hero and a villain in the movies. And what, I, and what we do is when we watch a movie, we like to identify with the hero. In other words, we like to see ourselves as the hero. Uh, we like to see ourselves and we, we say, wow, you know, these people are, are winning in life. You know, I think about the rock, you know, Rocky. And I think about, you know, how uh, his, the, I love all the Rocky films. And, and, and I, I think about how he was down and out and he had nothing in his life. And he, he, he wasn't even really a good boxer. And, but, but, but he had an opportunity. And he had an opportunity to fight the world champion. Yeah, in the movie, and 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 he, he you know, that, that gave him purpose. Before that, he had no purpose, and and, th- and then when he had the opportunity of a lifetime to fight a fighter that was, you know, that ranked number one, 
that, that gave him purpose to move forward, even though he was not even a really great fighter, gave him purpose to go into the ring and to fight this fighter. And, and, and all he wanted to do, and I preached, and I mentioned this a lot, he just wanted to go to distance in the ring because nobody went the distance in the ring with Apollo Creed. And I'm going to say this, in this walk with God, you, all you have to do is go the distance. All you got to do is keep showing up. All you got to do is keep staying in the word of God. All you, are you listening to what I'm saying? You just got to keep going the distance. See, there's a lot of quitters out here. There's a lot of people quitting on God. There's a lot of people backing out of church. There's a lot of people quitting on their calling. And there, there, there's a lot of people out there. Just, but, but you know what? We're not the quitters. In other words, if Jesus is inside of you, Jesus is not a quitter and you're not a quitter. We don't quit. We keep moving forward in God. So what I'm saying to you today is that you just got to keep going the distance no matter how hard it looks. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic and, you know, and all this is, you know, it's, it's a demonic warfare. I really believe that the devil is working through this demonic warfare to keep people socially distancing, especially keep the church apart, to keep, the, keep people from coming to church, you know. And, you know, the power is in the church. The power is coming together in unity. The power. See, see when, when, when Jesus told his disciples in the book of Acts, he said, I want you to go to the upper room. I want you to go and pray and wait until you are endued with power from on high. And so, you know, listen, we don't get the power just, just by ourselves in our closets not doing anything with, with the body. No, the, the power comes because we're in the body together. And we need to come together in the body of Christ. And we need to worship together. And as we do that, God's power moves and sets people free. So you see, the power, the power came when they were all in the upper room in one accord and they were all together in one accord. And the Holy Spirit came in and empowered the church. Amen. And so what is God doing in the end days? He's empowering us to do the kingdom of God. Somebody say, I got purpose. So you got purpose. You know, again, let me say this again. There's no uh, one superstar in the body of Christ. There's many superstars in the body of Christ. God's calling each one of us to rule and reign as kings in this life. And you're called. You know, when I think about a calling, I think about, you know, I'm called to be a pastor. Amen. But also, I'm also called to be a husband. I'm also called to be a father. I'm, I, I, there's different callings. And, you know, and in our callings, we, we, we need to make sure that we're walking worthy of our calling. In other words, I need to be walking worthy in my calling as a husband. I need to be loving my wife. What is it for me to, to preach a good message and have a great church and have my family falling apart? No, 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 no. I need, a, I need to learn to walk in love towards my wife. What is it to be successful in business and have my kids go astray? 
You know, no, 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 no. I, 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 yeah, you can be success, successful in one area, but you can be a flat failure in another. But see, God wants you to be a blessing in every area of your life. He wants to raise you up and he wants, you know, and so really the calling that God places in our life, it's really what I call character development. In other words, when we develop our relationship with God, God starts revealing to us areas in our life, hello, that we might need to adjust. Is there any areas in your life that you might need to adjust at times? Maybe attitude areas. Maybe, maybe there's those little foxes that spoil the vine, the little sins that, that so easily beset us. Or, or, or there's areas in our life that, that we're, that's getting out of control, that we need a rein back in. Hallelujah. In other words, God's working on our character. Amen. In other words, we are in a process of our calling for the promotion. Amen. You know, when I think about callings and, 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 and that we really, our calling is developed in the secret place. Amen. In other words, in that secret place of a relationship with God. Are you walking holy before your God? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Are you, are you standing uh, faithful in what God is calling you to do. Amen. I like, uh, so, so we have to, we have to be faithful in the, in the places where people aren't watching. We got to be faithful to God because it's going to come out in every area of our life. So let me just say this. God is calling everyone into a relationship with himself. I like what John three sixteen says, and I, and I quote this quite often, but it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So we see here in John three sixteen that God's calling the world to himself. One of my favorite scriptures when I'm praying and I pray on I try to pray on a daily basis and in my prayer closet, I, I, I pray this, that God, God, I say, Lord, it's 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 your will for people to be saved. Amen. And I said, Lord, you said in your word in second Peter three, nine, that that you don't want anybody to perish, that, that you want all people to come to repentance and so, so I pray, I said, Lord, help me to minister in a way that would bring in the unbeliever into a relationship with you and bring the backslider back to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. I'm going to say this. It's easy to backslide. It's easy to get lukewarm in God. It's easy to allow, you know, the world and all this glitz and the glamour to draw us away from the things of God. It's so easy. It, 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 it's, it, it's not hard. All you have to do is quit reading your Bible. Quit going to church. Quit fellowshipping with other believers. And pretty soon you'll find yourself far from God. Amen. See, our relationship with God is more than just a one-on-one relationship with God. No, our relationship with God is, yes, one-on-one. But our relationship with God equates to our relationship with others. And as we develop our relationship with God, we have to develop strong relationships with others. That's why God created the church, so that we could have strong relationships with him. Amen. So God is calling us to develop 
not only is he calling us to have a relationship with him through his son, Jesus. And, you know, I love this about this. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In other words, God is stretching out his hand to a lost and dying world and asking people, will you have a relationship with me? And, and what he's saying is, I'm willing to forgo all your sins. I'm willing to allow your sins to be washed away so that you can have a loving relationship with me. And so I can give you purpose in your life. Amen. You know, I remember before I got saved and the Holy Spirit was moving on me like he probably moved on you. And, and, and before I got saved, you know, I started sensing that I had no purpose in God. This was before I got saved. I was, I was 20 years of age and, and I was going to college and I was, you know, I, 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 I felt like I had my life in order. I was, I was studying, going to college and I was living with my parents with no rent. Hallelujah. And, uh, and I don't know if you remember those days. And so, but, but the Holy Spirit started moving on me and I started sensing like a, I, I, I would like all of a sudden start crying and I didn't know why. The Holy Spirit was hovering over me and, and, and the Holy Spirit was trying to reveal to me that I was in a I was lost, that, that I really had no purpose, even though I was doing things, even though I had some goals. I really had no purpose. See, just because you have goals and you have aspirations, if their goals and aspirations aside from God's plan for your life, it, all it is is vanity. I'm going to say again, if you're doing things that are, are that that are uh, goals and plans aside from God's plans for your life, it's just vanity and it's going to amount for nothing on eternity, on 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 judgment day. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? See, the reason why I'm preaching this, because Jesus is coming back. And Jesus is coming back. And hopefully I'm believing that because of this pandemic, people are are waking up and saying, man, we might be in the end days. And people are waking up and saying, man, I need to get busy with God. And I need to start walking with God. And I need to start coming to church. And I need to start reading my Bible. Amen. You know, I, I might need to start developing a relationship with the Lord. Hallelujah. And so we, we need a, we need a, we need to develop that relationship with him, glory to God. And, and, and so, and so when we do that, I'm telling you, when, when God was dealing with me that I had no purpose and, and that, you know, I, I even got to a point where, where, where the Lord revealed to me that my life was meaningless without him. Only God can do that. See, the unbeliever thinks that their life has meaning. The unbeliever thinks that they have things going on. But without God, you have no, there's no life without God. And, so, and there's no meaning to life without God. And, and God called me and thank God. You know, I, 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 he, he, he called me into the church. I went to church on a Sunday and got saved on that Sunday night. They had a revival meeting. Thank God for churches that are open. Thank God for a church that I could walk into and get saved. I got saved in church. Now, some of you might have got saved. You know, my brother got saved reading a track. My other brother got saved watching the evangelist on TV. It's funny how God could get people saved a lot of different ways. But I got saved in church. 
I think there was a reason for that. God wanted to reveal to me how important church is. Church is the pillar of truth. Church, really, that, that church is designed to give the truth and to build the body of Christ up. That's right. When you come in here, you, hopefully you'll, you, you'll leave a little higher than, than you came. Hopefully you'll realize that you got purpose in this life. And that purpose is to make an eternal purpose uh, and difference in the lives of people around you. So God is calling us to develop a growing relationship with him. In other words, we can't stop growing. And so I love what it says in, in, in 2 Peter 3.18. It says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. So, so Peter is saying for us to grow in the grace and the knowledge of God. Amen. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of God. Listen, you're not going to grow and develop your relationship with God aside from your Bible. In other words, you're going to have to start studying your Bible. You're going to have to start reading. Oh, do I have to talk about that today, Pastor? You have to tell me to read my Bible. Listen, if the, the way you develop your relationship with God is through the Word of God. So I talk to different people and they say, I say, well, what is your relationship? Well, I, I pray, you know, a little prayer here, a little prayer there at times. And, and, and that's good. And, you know, at least you're praying a little bit. But 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 are you putting your are you putting yourself in the word of God? Are you allowing the word of God to become a living word to you? Are you reading the word? Have you read the word lately? Oh, it's quiet in this church today. Have you have you studied the word lately? Have you read? You know, I, I, I like it. You know, I think we all should have devotional time with God. We should spend time with God on a daily basis. I do that. I have a devotional time where I read Psalms and Proverbs and Old Testament and New Testament. And I read a little commentary. And, and then I, if, if I really feel a little bit like I need some more, I go into Psalms for the day and Proverbs for the day. And, and I study that out and I read it and, and, and I'll read it over again and, and, and until something pops out at me. Right. Until the word becomes illuminating me and then I'll read and then God will speak to me through his word and God starts communicating through to me through his word. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? And what he's what he does, he transforms us through his word. And in the process of it, you know, in the process of us, you know, receiving a relationship through him, you cannot have a relationship with God apart from his word. It, you know, it's, it, it can't be just all prayer. You've got to have his word and you've got to be putting that word before you night and day. I like what it says in 1 Peter 2, 2. It says like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. I'm going to read that again. This is New Living Translation. Like newborn babies... You must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Babies love mama's milk. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Babies love mama's milk. And, and, and that mama's milk for a baby, that, that baby will cry for mama's milk. 
my question to you today, are you crying out for the word of God? Are you crying out for more revelation? Are you crying out for more understanding? Are you crying out for a rhema word, a word in due season? I need a word from God. You know, we, we had a prophetic word this morning that, that, that God is, is raising this church up and raising us up for, for a, a purpose and a calling. And I'm telling you, I don't believe that God's calling this church to be average. I don't, I don't believe that God's calling you to be average. No, I, I, I believe that God's calling you to be extraordinary in what he's calling you to do. But, but for us to move in that calling, we have to develop that relationship with God. We have to study to show ourselves approved. Now, when, when I look at that, that's 2 Timothy 2.15. When you hear the word study, that sounds like work. <laughs> and nobody likes to work. <laughs> In other words, oh, God, you mean I got to study? It's like taking a test, you know. Oh, I, oh we got to study. No, 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 no. When you, when you study means that you want to know more about God. In other words, you should have a heart and a desire to know more about God and his character. About God and who he is. You know, when I went to Bible school, you know, I never thought I was called to be a pastor. You know, I thought I was really, I didn't know that at the time. People told me that I would be called to be, you know, they looked at me and they said, well, you're, you're pretty outgoing and you're probably an evangelist. And so I had a lot of people tell me that you were probably called to be an evangelist. I said, okay, I like that. You know, yeah, maybe I'm an evangelist. I can blow in, blow up and blow out and let the pastors clean up the mess. I can date the church, not marry it. You know, the pastors are married to the church and the evangelists, they just kind of come in, preach a nice message, get some people saved and they move to the next church. Right. And that seems like a lot of fun. So I, I thought I was called to be an evangelist and I went to Bible school and I went to the first year, got foundational truth. And the second year, you know what? You know, you could take pastoral class because some people that believe that they're called to be pastors. I went into the evangelist class. Amen. Because I thought because people were saying that I was supposed to be an evangelist. But God was even though. Listen, even though I stepped in and I studied evangelism, the gifts and the callings of God, a pastor is still on my life. Even though I thought I was called to be an evangelist, God called me to be a pastor. Amen. So sometimes in our walk with God, we may step out. Maybe to try to move into that place. And it may not be exactly what God is calling us to do, but God can get us in that place if our hearts are right with him. In other words, we can step out and see. I think a lot of times the reason why we're not moving forward in God is because we're afraid to make a step forward in God. In other words, we're trying to make sure that everything aligns up in it, you know, that this, all the stars line up, everything lines up. And then if everything lines up perfectly, then that's when I make a step. No, no, God can't. God can't direct anything that's not moving. And we just need to start moving. We need to start moving towards God. We need to start moving into that place that God's calling us to move into. We need to just step into it. Have you ever knew that you had to do something and, you've been, and you put it off because you just don't want to do it? Have you ever been there? You have to clean the garage or you have to do something, fix the car. Or have you ever put anything off and, because you just didn't want to do it? Amen. 
But, 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 but then, you know, and, 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 and sometimes we do that. We put things off and sometimes we just put God off. We just say, God, you know, I, I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready to serve you yet. Now, you better get ready. Don't keep putting God off. But what I like is there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about the, it's in Romans eleven twenty nine. It talks about the gifts and the callings of God. Let's look at that. Romans eleven twenty nine says, for the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. What does that mean? That means that when God places gifts and callings on us, he's not going to take it back. Amen. Amen. Let, let, let me just read the Amplified here. It says, for the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable, for he does not withdraw what he has given, nor does he change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace, whom to he sends his call. So, so, so what I'm saying to you today is that Jesus is coming back. The world is going to be judged. The world, I'm talking about the world that doesn't know Jesus, the world that rejects Jesus will come into judgment and they will be judged for rejecting Jesus. What will they receive for rejecting Jesus? Eternal punishment in hell. That's what the world, that's what people that will receive, they will receive, you know, eternal punishment in hell. And, you know, I'm glad I'm not, I'm glad I'm not doing my own thing. I'm glad I'm not living my life for myself. I'm glad I'm not rejecting Jesus. I'm glad I'm living for Jesus. Why? Because I don't want to spend eternity in hell. I don't want... Listen, there, there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. That's the reason why we are... That's the reason why we have purpose. That's the reason why there's a church. There's, that's the reason why every week I, I, I call out to people to pray a prayer of salvation. Why? Because there's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun. And we have purpose and we're the only Jesus that people's going to see. And, we're, and there's a reason why God is placing a call in our life. Why? So we can pull people out of darkness into the kingdom of God. Can I get a witness today? And so there's a judgment day for the sinner. And unfortunately, if that, if that person doesn't repent and get Christ in their life, they're going to end up in a bad place. But see, see, the judgment for us is not a judgment of sin, you know, because we receive Christ. But it's going to be a judgment of what we did with the gifts and the callings of God on our life. And so Jesus will judge us at the judgment seat of Christ. And he, and, and he will judge us whether what we did with the gifts and the callings of God in our life. That's what we'll be judged on. And you know what? I want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. One of the things that wakes me up when I read the Bible, because, see, when you read the Bible, you start understanding God's heart. You start understanding who God is. And when I read the Bible and I, I see, you know, where he talks about the parable of the person with the talents. And he talks about the ten talent person or the five talent person and, and the two talent person and the one talent person. And he talks about, Jesus talks about that, that, that he gives talents to different people, gifts and abilities and callings. And he said to the uh, five talent, that, that five talent person, he, he, the, he said, you know, he gave a story of, of a person giving these talents and going away far away and coming back and then, then finally finding out what they did with the talents. You know the story. The five talent person doubled the talents. And what did Jesus said, 
Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Right? And the two-talent person, even though he didn't have all the giftings and all that, that the five-talent person had, he took what he had and he doubled that. And, what, and, and he took all that. But that one-talent person, what did he do with it? The Bible says he took that talent and he hid it. And he buried it and he was in fear because he didn't want to step out and do the things that God wanted him to do. And you know what? You know, Jesus called that person a wicked, worthless person. Oh, my Lord. You start reading the Bible. You start finding out how God feels about things. And I'm telling you, I don't want to be in a category where God has placed a calling on my life. And I'm not and I'm doing my thing and not doing his thing. And you know what? God is calling each one of us in a growing relationship with him. God is calling each one of us into into a church home. God is calling. Listen, there's so there's a lot of people that are that aren't in church any longer. They're not under a pastor's, you know, uh, under a pastor's covering. They're not they're not in church anymore. There's a lot of people in the body of Christ that are staying home. They're not coming to church anymore. They're not submitting themselves under godly authority. And, and, they, and they're, 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 you know, an open market for the devil to take, to take advantage of. Amen. In other words, you know, it's, uh, it, you know, uh, I, I used to lot, watch a lot of cartoons when I was a kid. And, and, and you know, uh, Bugs Bunny. And, and it would be rabbit season. You know, remember rabbit season. And then, and then, you know, Elmer Fudd would be the ones that would be, you know, hunting the rabbit, uh, Bugs Bunny. And then, and then there would be Daffy Duck. And Bugs Bunny would say, duck season. <laughs> rabbit season. Duck season. I'm going to say this. If you're a Christian that's, that's not under our covering, then, then it's dumb Christian season. In other words, the enemy is going to come against you and try to destroy your life. That's the reason why we need to be together. That's the reason why we need to be in unity. You know, I'm going to say this. We don't even call. We, we don't even pick our own church. God picks our church for us. I think sometimes we think, oh, I'm going to pick and choose where I want to go and what church I want to be a part of. I want to see, you know, all the all the benefits that they have and all that. You know, that's not the way it worked for me. God called me to a church. Amen. God showed me where I needed to go. Amen. I've had people come to church and they would drive by and the Holy Spirit would speak to them and say, that's that's your church. Amen. I've had people tell me, Pastor, you know, that, that joined the church here. You know, I was just driving by, saw the flags and the Holy Spirit said, that's your church. Isn't that powerful? In other words, God is calling us into a church body so we can express the love and, 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 and express the mercy of God to one another in the church. See, there's a benefit to being in the church. I like what it says in Psalms 92, 13 and 14. It says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. I love that. So in other words, what I take when I look at a truth in the Bible and if I look at that and I say, well, what if I turn it into the opposite? What if I'm not planted in the house of the Lord? What if I'm not in the courts of my God? 
then that tells me that I may not bear fruit in old age. That tells me that I may not be fresh and flourishing in my end days. That tells me that I could be missing out. Amen. In other words, I want to be as much, I want to be as flourishing and producing fruit in my last days that I'm doing in the beginning, in my beginning days. See, the Bible actually says in the Old Testament, he's, it actually, there's a, there's, um, uh, God actually says there's people in the Old Testament that follow God. And then and God uh, is blessing them and they have a place for God. And it says in the Old Testament that if they turn away from God and start going into the world, the Bible actually says God forgets all their good works. Amen. And God forgets it because they because their end is is sin and destruction. In other words, they turn from doing what's right to doing what's wrong. And then God says, now, if a person is doing bad all their life and they and they sow a lot of bad, but they get to the end of life, wake up and start serving God, even if it's a short serve, even if it's two days before they die. You know, God only remembers the two days and he doesn't remember the lifetime of sin. In other words, God's grace is big. God's grace is huge. And so so but just because we lived our lives good for 40 years doesn't mean we start living for ourselves after that. And we say, well, I lived 40 years for God. No, you better keep living for God. You better keep walking with God. And we don't turn our backs on God. We, we keep moving forward in God. We, 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 we let go of the past, let go of the, uh, of the hurts, and we keep pressing in to the things of God. Amen? We, we keep coming to church. We keep reading our Bible. We keep, we keep doing the things that God's calling us to do. See, you have a calling on your life. You see, you are called, and I'm going to make a bold statement this morning. You are called to be ministers. Pastor, you're the minister. I'm just, I'm just sitting here receiving something today. No, you're called to be ministers. I'm an administrator. What does that mean? I'm here to try to bring you into a place that God's telling you you need to be in. In other words, God's calling some of you to be teachers. God's calling some of you to be ushers. God's calling some of you to be sound people. God's calling some of you to work the camera. God's calling some of you to work with the children. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? God's calling some of you to be financial pillars in the church and to support the church financially. Are are you here? God's calling each one of you into the body of Christ so that we can build up the body, so we can glorify Jesus, so that we can bring in the lost, get them saved, get all the people saved, and get ready for Jesus to come back. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Jesus has... A place, a calling on our lives. We are ministers, and the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.18, we are ministers of reconciliation. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean, Pastor? That means that we need to be thinking about uh, our lost brothers and sisters, the people that we work with, the people that that we're that we're that we go to the store and, and, and we buy our groceries. We need to be thinking about where are they at in God? 
We need to be trying to get God to a lost and dying generation. We need to let our light shine, the Bible says, so people can see the good works that we do and glorify our Father in heaven. We need not forget that we are on a mission. Say, I'm on a mission. So you see, what happens is we start, what happens is the enemy starts throwing some things at us and we start encountering some problems and issues. We start encountering things. And what, what the thing that the enemy wants to do is get us so caught up in our own life in our own problems that we forget that there's a lost and dying world out here. And we tend to, what we tend to do is try to focus on fixing our problems. And I'm going to say this, when you get out of focusing on fixing your problems and get into a place where you're helping other people, God will fix your problems. When you, when you're, some of us are trying to get out of debt, you know, and we're, and we're working a lot and trying to get out of debt and, and that's good. And we should be trying to get out of debt. You know, we, we should be debt free Christians. We should be working on our marriages. We should be loving our spouses. We, we should be working, you know, as parents, we should be raising up our kids to be godly. These are things that we should be doing. We, 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 we have a calling on our lives. And we, and we should be, you know, witnessing the goodness of God to our lost and dying world. How, we, how do we do that? We do that through kindness of love acts of kindness. We do that by walking in love and praying for people, letting people know that God is here. I'm telling you. See, in this pandemic, you've you got to be six feet away from somebody to witness to them. <laughs> You gotta be six feet away. Hey, how you doing? You know, how can you pray for somebody six feet away? You're gonna have to have a long arm. <laughs> you know, yeah, they want your social distancing six feet away. Notice how ungodly that is. I mean, we, I was at the beach yesterday with, uh, with uh, my brother John and my mom and, and my sister. We were all at the beach. And I'm telling you, we were, uh, I didn't realize it, but we were all social distancing. <laughs> we were all the seats and all the chairs were all apart and all of that. But, you know, but, but we did get close to each other. And, and, and the, the bottom line is, you know, social distancing is not of God. Now, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying don't use good common sense. And if somebody, you know, you know, don't, you know, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that, that God's called us to be together and not apart. And, I, and, and you know, and, and, and how long is this virus going to be here? How long are we going to have to social distance? How long are we going to have to wear masks? How, how, how long is, how long do they want to keep it going? You know, how long do they want to keep the church shut down? The church is shut down in different states. The enemy doesn't want us praying for the sick. The enemy doesn't want us getting out of our houses of fear. The enemy wants to keep the church locked down. And I'm telling you, you cannot lock down the word of God. You cannot lock down a bold Christian. No matter what it looks like, you can't lock down somebody that has purpose. And God has placed purpose on each one of us. He's raising us up. And we need to be ministers of reconciliation. And we need to be letting our light shine like God wants us to let it shine. We need to stand up for God even in the midst of the dark places in this world. Do you believe that today? I'm telling you, as, as we get 
committed to walking with God, through building a relationship with Him, through our daily study of the Word of God, as we get committed to God, as we, we go to church and we're committed and submitted to the local church, and as we get, as we get committed to God and, 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 and as we endeavor to be a witness out there in the highways and byways and bid people to come into the house of the Lord, I believe that in that judgment day, Jesus will say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You kept doing it. You kept walking with me. You kept, you kept doing the right things. And I'm telling you, it's not easy doing the right things all the time. It's not easy coming to church all the time. It's, it takes an effort. It takes an effort to read your Bible. It takes an effort to witness. It, 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 sometimes it's inconvenient. But God's not calling us to a gospel of convenience. He's calling us to a gospel of commitment. And I'm telling you, we got to get committed in these end days. We have to stay committed to God. Come hell or high water, we're going to walk with God no matter what. I'm not going to let the devil scare me out of coming to church. I'm not going to let the devil scare me from praying for people. I'm not going to let the devil scare me uh, 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 and allow some, some invisible virus, you know, that, that might be floating in the air. You know what? All I know is the virus is everywhere, but my God is everywhere. My God is everywhere. And if God is for you, it doesn't matter who's against you. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. No matter what the enemy might be doing to try to cause distraction in your life, to keep you from moving forward in God. God, if you put him first, if you press in, I'm telling you, you will end up walking in the gifts and the callings of God without even realizing it. I'm telling you, if you just show up, you beat 90% of the people. Uh, let, me just, let me just finish this, this last thought here. You know, there's a man named Matthias, I believe, or it could be Matthias. And, and a lot of people never heard about this guy in the Bible. But it's in the book of Acts. And, and really, Judas walked with Jesus. He, see, what Judas' problem was, he did, a lot, he did a lot of work, but he had no relationship with God. He, he, he cast out devils. He, 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 fed, he helped fed the 5,000. Judas was part of what Jesus was doing. He did the work, but he had no relationship. Just because you do the work, you better have the relationship. And so Matthias, uh, was, uh, there was two people that walked with the disciples uh, the whole time they were with Jesus. And it says in the book of Acts that they needed to find a person to replace Judas. And Matthias, or Matthias, however you want to pronounce his name, it was between him and another guy. I can't remember the other guy's name. And, 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 and they had to draw straws. This is before they got the Holy Spirit. <laughs> this is before they got uh, endued with power on high. And they drew straws to see who would be the 12th apostle of the Lamb. This is an important place in the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, the apostles of the Lamb, which are the apostles that walked with Jesus, have a special place in heaven. Do you know that? They have a special place in heaven with Jesus. And so, and this guy, Matthias, that nobody ever heard of, oh, he, he, he's just like, he's just showing up. And they said, you're the next apostle, you're, you're the 12th one. What? <laughs> what? I was just showing up. No, yeah, yeah, you just got a spot. <laughs> you, just, you, you just got Judas's spot. What, really? I was just showing up. 
Yeah, just show up. And you might get a high spot in God. Just showing up. Just coming out. Just being faithful. See, it's a faithful man. The Bible says that, that the blessings of God are on the faithful. See, God's not looking for people that's, that's trying, to, trying to, you know, be important. God's not. See, our, our, our key is we shouldn't be trying to be important in God. No, no, we need to be walking with God. And we, not, we need, need to hear not, well, well done, thy, thy important you know, servant, enter into the kingdom. No, well done, thy faithful servant. And listen, as long as we stay faithful in the kingdom of God, we're going to see the blessings of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? We're going to continue to see the blessings of God, not only in our life, but our faithfulness will affect our families and generations to come. Do you believe that today? Your faithfulness. You might be a spouse. Maybe your, your, your husband, maybe your wife is not walking with God. But you can sanctify your spouse. You can sanctify your kids. You can stand in the gap with your faithfulness. And I believe because of your faithfulness, God will change your family. Do you believe that today? God will move on your family because, because of your faithfulness. You know, in the Old Testament, David, you know, uh, Solomon was David's son and Solomon became a king. And, 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 and God would say, because, you know, if, if Solomon did some wrong things and, and God would say, because David was faithful, I'm not going to allow all this tragedy to come into your life. Think about that. Think about that. When we walk with God and we walk upright before God and we walk faithful for God, it will protect our children. Glory to God. It will protect our seed. And I'm telling you, God is raising up a faithful generation in the end days that will not be turned to the right or to the left. A faithful generation that will keep walking and like Jesus will be walking and and moving towards the throne. Glory to God. I'm telling you, are you the, the faithful generation God's raised up? I believe you are. And I'm telling you, as you continue to move forward in God, God's going to rain his blessings on you. Did you receive it today? Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you that you're raising up a godly, faithful generation. I thank you, Father God, that, that all you're looking for, you're looking for is faithfulness. You're looking for commitment. You're looking for those that's willing to count the costs and move forward in you. And, and, and I, I, I'm so thankful for the body of Christ here, the faithful people. And I'm thankful for the people that are watching online. And maybe you're, you're watching right now and you just stumbled on this broadcast. And, and you know that it's time for you to get God in your life. That, that this world is, is turning upside down. That there's craziness in this world. But you need, you need the peace of God in your life. And you need purpose in your life. And, and today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. So I, I, I want to encourage you to take a step of faith. And, and, and to move forward and, and, and turn to God and, and, and turn away from sin. And I want you to say this after me if you're ready to receive Christ today and you should be ready because there's a heaven to gain and a hell to, sh- to shun and you can't keep putting God off. Amen. You, because you may not have tomorrow. So I want to just encourage you to pray this prayer and mean in your heart say, Dear God, I believe. Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Father God, 
I turn from sin and turn to you. And I receive you today, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.